Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti. Hope you all are doing well. As I am sitting here on my floor, just having drank an entire venti, well, I guess large coffee, I've really ingrained the Starbucks terminology in my mind because it's my biggest fear to get to the Starbucks window whenever I do go to Starbucks, which is not very often, I will say, and be wrong and say a large instead of a venti. It's like my biggest fear. Anyway, I just downed a coffee. I'm sitting here. It is June 1st as I'm recording this. Six out of 12 months into the year, guys. We are halfway through 2022, even though I literally just last week got it into my brain that it's not 2021 anymore. I really, every time I want to write down the date or I have to write down the date at the dentist or like wherever, like a lot of times you have to write things down in like doctor's offices for some reason, like write down the date. (laughs) And I recently have realized until last week, I really thought it was 2021 whenever I have to manually write something. So we're here. It's June. It is the sixth of 12 months. It is Pride Month. It is the month where in New York, it really starts to heat up. It was disgustingly warm yesterday. It was like 90 degrees, not even joking. 90. I think it ended up being like 94 at one point. Luckily, I was inside. I was working most of yesterday. I guess not luckily, but kind of luckily. So I wasn't really outside too, too much yesterday. But today I'm looking forward to after I record this, I'm going to go get an acai bowl. I promised myself. It's funny when we're adults like we promise ourselves things. I remember being obviously a kid and my mom saying, if you do all your chores, you can get this or like we can go to the pool or something. And now I I kind of promise myself things on a hard day. I'm like, okay, once I get through all my work and pay my taxes, then I can go get an acai bowl. It's so funny. So funny, like these little habits and things we pick up from people in our lives and just keep throughout our own lives when we're directing our own stuff. Anyway, so I'm going to treat myself and get an acai bowl later. I can just taste the Nutella. But first, got to record this, chat with you guys, updates, do all the things, talk about what's on my mind, record some ads for this podcast, and then acai bowl time. So let's get to it, shall we? I have some good stuff to discuss. I have two things, two like entertainment-based things that I want to share with you guys because they're that good, okay? I know I don't really talk a lot about what I'm reading, what I'm watching on here. Like I very rarely touch on it. So I want to make a habit of when I really do see or read something amazing, I want to share it with you guys because I would want a friend of mine to share these good things with me and you guys are my friends. So that's what we're going to do. So I'm going to share two entertainment-y things that I really am enjoying or have enjoyed because I devoured both of them before I could even really see it coming. Like I, I fully just like got to the last page of the book 
on the plane. I'm like, wait, what? This is it? Like, that's the end? Okay, cool. Um, And then now I'm jealous of anyone else who gets to start it because, okay, don't you feel this often? You feel this kind of this pang of uh, jealousy when you recommend something to someone. So you recommend, I don't know, a TV show or a book to someone and you tell them to read or watch it and they let you know that they're doing that, that like they're going to start it. And you feel this pang of jealousy because they've never experienced that thing and they get to see it with fresh eyes for the very first time. And that's completely like impossible for you because you've already seen it, you've already read it. So you'll never get like, no matter what, even if you watch it 10 years from now, the human brain is so interesting in the way that it remembers things and like latches onto specific details. Like you would have to actually somehow, which I don't even think is possible, wipe out your whole brain and like then you could watch it from scratch. Like you couldn't, you can't watch that thing for the first time ever again, which always makes me feel kind of sad because when I'm about to start something that I know is going to be great, I almost feel this weird sadness from the start, like from the get-go before I even start or open the book or start the show or start the movie because I know that I'll never have this opportunity again to watch or read this thing with fresh eyes, which is so crazy of me. Maybe I'm not the only person that feels this way, but anyway, I am so jealous of every person who gets to read this book and watch this TV show because here I am having done it loved both. Okay. I'm really like amping this up. You guys are probably dying to know what I'm talking about, which I'll get to in a second. But I also just want to tell you what the other things are that we're going to discuss in today's glorious episode. So I'm going to talk about those two things. I'm going to recap a little bit of Memorial Day stuff. There's like one one persistent thought that I want to discuss with you guys that I'm sure a lot of you will relate to. And then last but not least, I did some old-fashioned digging over on Reddit I found some really interesting shower thoughts. Okay, so there's a forum on Reddit I just recently discovered. I talk about Reddit a lot, but I'm actually extremely new to it. I don't even have a legit username. I just have whatever username Reddit gave me when I signed up, but I really am a lurker on there. I do a lot of poking and prodding and lurking on Reddit. So I found this, I kind of just stumbled into this forum called Shower Thoughts. And it's definitely well-known. It's like 27 million users or something. So a lot of people are in this forum and people essentially just post their shower thoughts, like kind of crazy or interesting things that they think of in the shower. And so (laughs) I was reading this late night and I screenshotted a bunch of stuff that I want to talk about because I can't believe I've never had these thoughts in the shower. Also, I think my shower thoughts are really super boring now that I've read these because I really just think about all the stressful things I have to do, like all my to-dos and not crazy epic brainstorms. So we're going to talk about those. Overall, very interesting episode I have up my sleeve, even though I'm wearing a tank top, but they're there invisibly. So without further ado, let's talk about that mysterious book and TV show that I alluded to a few minutes ago, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have skipped to hear what I'm talking about because I'm a big podcast skipper. Like I'll skip around if someone says they're going to talk about something, and I like I just skip to find it because I am impatient. I also find that I do that with TV shows a lot of the time if I'm not watching with other people. If there's like a weird just seeing that I'm just like, "Eh, I don't really feel like watching this or I'm not really interested in one of the characters drama. I'm more interested in another character's drama. I'll skip. Like I know it's bad and I shouldn't admit to this, but I do. So anyway, let's talk about the book. So I started this book. It's my book club read. So I'm in a book club here in New York, here in the city. I was connected to this book club through a friend of a friend. A lot of people DM me and they're like, can I join your book club? And 
truly it is not my book club to invite you to. I kind of infiltrated this other group of girls book clubs that makes sense. So I have this friend who's in my sorority, Shay. Her best friend from growing up, Mary, it's Mary and her sisters, like her older sister's book club. A lot of the the girls involved, I almost just said the kids, a lot of the girls involved are older, her older sister's friends. So it's like one of those, like I'm kind of in the squad, but like I'm definitely on the outskirts of the squad, if that makes sense. I did host one of them. I'm really becoming friends with these girls. It's cool to be involved in this and given the opportunity to make new friends, which is always nice. So yeah, if you can find a book club in your city, definitely jump on it and you won't feel as awkward. Like I thought that it'd be so awkward just because I didn't know these girls before starting, but you'd be surprised. Books really bring people together. They really do, especially when they're crazy like this one. So the book that I chose, it was my turn to choose. Everyone gets a turn, essentially like once they host. So I hosted. I had it at my apartment a few weeks ago and we were kind of catching up on other people's turns from hosting. And now because I hosted, I get to choose. So the book that I chose is called The Golden Couple by two women. So it's two authors, which I've honestly never seen before. And that could just be a me thing, but I've never seen this. So it's Greer Hendrick and Sarah Pekkanen. Peck, I hope I'm saying that right. Pekkanen. And they also wrote The Wife Between Us. I've never heard of that one, but it's a New York Times bestseller. So two authors, which I find such an interesting dynamic. I don't know how they manage that. Like, does one person write a chapter, then another person writes a chapter? It actually could be that way because in this book, it's one of those split perspectives. So it's two different women who it's told in third person, but it's from their perspective, if that makes sense. Like one woman's perspective, then another woman's perspective. You know how they like switch off the chapters with the name on the top. So honestly, maybe one of them told the story from one perspective. I don't know how they aligned that. It's just su- such an interesting dynamic. I feel like if I was writing a book with someone else, I would kill them because I do work well with others, but I feel like when it comes to a book, there's so many decisions that need to be made that like people might not agree with. Like, I don't know. Anyway, so book was written by two women, Golden Couple. I actually heard of this book through, I don't know, it was in my list. I have a list in my notes, so I don't really know who I heard of it initially from, but I talked to Kenzie Elizabeth, my friend Kenzie, who a lot of you guys might know, and I asked her for her recommendations as of late of like books that are good to talk about in a group, and she recommended this, and I was like, wow, it's perfect. It's fate. It aligned with one of my books, so I chose it. And basically, so it's kind of like, it's similar to the plot of Sex Life, if you guys know that show, where the woman is in this perfect marriage, right? Um, I forget her name, but she's in this perfect marriage, hot husband, beautiful kids, but then like just finds herself remembering how things were when she was younger in New York City and had this hot boyfriend and they had a falling out, all that. It's kind of similar to that, but totally different at the same time, but similar in the sense that it's this like wealthy, perfect family, husband and wife who are like the golden couple, as the title suggests, and then there's infidelity and the couple ends up talking to a therapist to try to mend their marriage. But through that, they're connected with this unconventional therapist in the sense that she lost her license for a mysterious reason. And then you find out like what the reason was and how she connects the story. And it's just, it is bonkers. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it, but it's one of those things where up until the very end, you just, you get like prickles on your spine because you're like, I think this person did something bad. 
And it turns out, okay, I just don't even want to say anything else. You truly do not know who is the bad guy for the whole book. You don't know if the narrator is reliable. Like it's one of those unreliable narrators scenarios where you don't know who to trust. Like is the narrator trustworthy? Is she lying? It's just, it's bonkers, okay? And I don't even know, how many pages is this book? It's like, okay, only around 300. Yeah, like three... 320-ish, 320 pages. Perfect. I read it in two days because I'm crazy, but my book club discussion isn't for another few weeks, so I hope I remember it. I hope it's fresh. I did this thing where I dog-eared the bottom of a few pages that were like really big revelation pages so I can discuss those, but the book club's fun. We really only talk about the book for 30 minutes, and then we dive into other more pressing things like who's dating who and who had a bad date and who got promoted and things like that, but I'm very excited about this book. You guys should definitely read it. Um, it's a good one. It's a li- It could be a little bit spicier, I will say, like a little bit more hot and heavy, but it's fine. We love the plot. So that's a great book. I actually, I pictured the guy from this book as um, the husband in sex life, but I pictured the wife as the blonde woman in The Anatomy of a Scandal. Wait, what is it? Anatomy of a Scandal. Yeah. I keep calling it in my mind Anatomy of an Affair but it's anatomy of a scandal. So I picture the blonde woman in that. Um, What's her name? Sienna Miller or something? Yeah, Sienna Miller. I picture her as the wife and I picture the therapist as like a, I don't know, brunette woman. So anyway, it's interesting how you picture people in books and then they end up totally ruining your vision when they come out with the movie. Anyway, so that, The Golden Couple by Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pacannon. It's a romance thriller kind of, couple next door, what's going on sort of thing. So that's that book. And then Switching Gears, the TV show I just watched. I just watched this show in two days as well. So I read this book in two days, basically. I read it at home, Memorial Day weekend. We were laying out in the dock like all weekend. And I read this book. I demolished it in two days. And then after I was done with that, I needed something new to obsess over. So I started this show called Severance on Apple TV. And I demolished that in two days as well. So two days spent on the book and then the following two days spent on this TV show. And now I don't know what to do with myself. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I also, there's a third media that I'm kind of into recently. It's called The Time Traveler's Wife. It's a TV show. I believe it's HBO, but they're doing the thing where they put out like one episode a week, which I hate, but I also love because it does force you to take it slow and really savor it. Because with Severance, this TV show that I just finished in two days, I did not savor it, really. I just zoomed through. I needed to see the last of it. I needed to know how it ended, which I guess it's only the ending of the first season. But I was just – I needed to know because it was one of those shows where you are really just confused for the first few episodes. And even until the end, you're you're still a smidge confused even at the end because you're like, what is this? Well, like when the narrators and like the people involved, the characters – They kind of act chill in a non-chill scenario. Like the show is absolutely bonkers in in terms of what is going on. It's kind of like a dystopian society sort of thing where like things are happening and it's just kind of the way it is, at least in the severed society. So basically in a nutshell without spoiling it, it's a depiction of what it would look like if your work life and your home life, your personal life were completely severed. So these people decided to take a job 
essentially, as anyone does, decides to take a job. But the interesting thing about this job they're taking is that for the workday, so like I guess how long is a typical workday? Like nine to five, basically. So from like nine to five, they switch off in a sense. So their consciousness switches into work mode and it essentially makes two of them. So there's the self that they are in the outside world that doesn't think about work, doesn't consider work, is just living, and then their work self, the person they are at work. And both of these selves are unaware of what's going on in the other's life, if that makes sense. So they call an innie and outie. The people look, they're the exact same person, they wear the same clothes, they are the same DNA, the same human, but it's a split consciousness. So when they're in their work life, they are the work version of themselves and they don't know what their other life is like. They don't know if they have kids. They don't know if they have a wife. They don't know any of their interests or anything in the outside world. And when they're in the outside world, not at work, they don't know what their work self is working on. They have no idea what their company is even doing. They don't know what their day-to-day looks like. They don't know their coworkers. They don't know anything. So it's a really interesting approach. It's kind of derived from the people that just, you know, I guess – Because when you're at work and you're really focused on work and not focused on your lives, it makes it easier for you to focus in a sense, but also it makes it easier for you to be manipulated because this company could literally have these people working on anything. And because they have no awareness of the outside world and of anything going on in history and life in their histories, they can just work without any bias, without wondering what the implications of this work is. Like, am I hurting people? Am I helping people? It's just the work and that's it. So it's really, really interesting. I'm not going to spoil it. That's actually like all revealed in the first episode. So I literally didn't spoil anything. That's the premise of the show. It's co-produced or what is it? Executive produced? No, executive produced by a bunch of people, but Ben Stiller being one of them. So I really trust. I trust Ben Stiller and all that he does. The characters are great. The casting is great. The setting of it is creepy and really just makes you feel on edge the whole time and you really don't know what's going to happen. And it's this weird thing where it's it's mixed with humor, but it's also, it's dark, it's creepy. You don't know who the bad guy is until the end and you still don't even know at the end of season one. Like you still are very confused, which means they're definitely doing a season two, which honestly makes me happy. But yeah, so it's one of those shows, you have to watch it on Apple TV I downloaded Apple TV to watch it because I thought I had it, but it only let me watch the first episode of season one. So I had to download Apple TV. So now I have like seven streaming services that I pay for every month. And it's like $100 a month that I'm spending on my entertainment, but it's all worth it, all worth it to be entertained and have things to talk about. I actually, so I posted on my story that I was watching this show, Severance, and this guy came out of the woodworks, this guy that I went to college with that I hooked up with sophomore year. Sophomore year. Yeah. My 21st birthday, actually, when I was in Spain, hooked up with this guy and like kind of lost touch. I've seen him here and there. He DMs me and goes, hey, like when you finish Severance, text me. We should discuss the ending. (laughs) I'm like, wow. Okay. So if you want to pick up guys, just uh, watch Severance. I hear that's what they're watching. Just kidding. Anyway, so that is what I have read, what I've watched recently. Very good stuff. If you guys are in the market for things, definitely check those out. I think next I'm going to watch the new episode of Time Traveler's Wife, which is very well done. 
And then I guess I have like a whole mountain of books next to my bed I have to go through. So I'm going to probably read those next. But I love my uh, my entertainment. Anyway, so switching gears into topic number two, which actually relates to my Memorial Day weekend plans. So I don't know what you guys did. I hope you had a good time. Hopefully you aren't too hungover and feeling the scaries this week. I actually am very proud of myself and my alcohol intake, or I guess my lack thereof, I really only went out Friday night. We went out in downtown Annapolis, which is where I'm from, met actually a bunch of you guys that listened to the podcast. So thank you for uh, coming up to me. It was very fun meeting you. But then Saturday, we really just straight chilled the whole time. We like laid on my dock, got tan, ate bagels, then went to dinner at my parents' favorite restaurant. And then the next day, did it all over again, got bagels, tanned, did a cookout, s'mores, went to bed, woke up the next morning, came back here. So I noticed though, I was on social media quite a bit over the weekend, just like, you know, scrolling the death scroll on Instagram, on TikTok, on all the all the platforms. And I realized, I mean, Memorial Day, I've never knew this before, but I guess it's a very big weekend for proposals, marriage proposals, that is, because you know, you're home with your family or you're with their family or it just makes sense to do a proposal over Memorial Day weekend. It's a long weekend. You might be going somewhere fun. So I witnessed, or aka on social media, a record number of proposals over Memorial Day weekend. And you probably did too in your respective corner of the world. But I also, I when I was home this past time, became aware because my parents told me that this guy that I had seen off and on through college. He's from my hometown. So like it was one of those things where when I came home on breaks or for the holidays, we would see each other, go on dates, that sort of thing. He got engaged in May. So last month. And I totally had no idea. He got engaged to this girl he's been dating for a bit. And it just, it made me feel some type of way. Not that I thought this guy and I would ever get married. Okay. And we haven't even really spoken in like the past year and a half, like since COVID. But I will say it really did throw me for a loop just seeing like all the proposals on Instagram, hearing that this guy that I was seeing on and off and really care for got engaged to someone that isn't me, even though I didn't want it to be me. Okay, that's a key detail. Like I was the reason why we didn't progress as like a couple because I didn't want to do a long distance relationship and I just didn't even see really a future with this guy. Yet I felt a pang of hurt hearing that he proposed to someone else. And it's getting married. Like, isn't that interesting? Like, not even like I want it to be me, not even like, I mean, I do care about him as a friend, but it's just crazy the things that we feel envious of and why. So seeing all those proposals on Instagram and seeing that everyone's like moving forward with their lives, a lot of people from my high school are getting engaged. A lot of people just were in that age now, at least for me, I'm turning 27 this year. It's obviously, it's a spectrum of in terms of when people are ready to get married. It's I probably won't get married, I don't think, until like I'm in my 30s. And that's totally fine. Look at me justifying it. But it's totally fine. It's totally fine. I'm crying. It's totally fine. But you know what I mean? It's like this is the time when it does tend to kind of snowball. It begins in a way. Like I've been told this by my friends that are in their 30s. I've heard this from them that this time of life is when it starts to snowball. And it's just proposal after proposal after wedding after wedding after bachelor party after bachelor party. And you're like freaking out over just the sheer number of people that are finding their person when you are still single. And it feels like it translates into failure in a way. It feels that way, but it really isn't. And I was thinking the other day, actually last Saturday, 
well, I guess two Saturdays ago now, the Saturday before Memorial Day weekend, I was out with my friends and we received a very fun call that my friend got engaged, my friend Nitch, who lives in DC. She and I were very close in college. I mean, naturally, if you live in New York and DC, it's hard to see each other, but we do talk a lot and we're good friends. And she is just one of the crew. All my friends out here, we're all very close friends. So it was very exciting. She's the first of the group to get engaged. And it was one of those things where I feel like after all of us heard the news, we were obviously so happy for her and so excited. We saw this coming. They've been dating for like seven years and we love him. They have a dog together. It's just a great situation. But you could tell after we received the news, everyone was kind of on edge. And it wasn't because we were mad about the engagement. It was more so that it sunk in that our time is ticking, our clock is ticking. And those of us who are in relationships were kind of analyzing while drinking wine, is this my forever match? Am I wasting my time in this this match? And or, you know, the single ones of us were thinking about our singleness and whether this is ever going to end or like when it will end. And it was just one of those things where everything that happens to other people, you have this tendency to really take it on your own shoulders and try it on for size and see what it means to you, even if it has nothing to do with you. Like this engagement has nothing to do with me, really. I mean, I was there when they met. Freshman year of college, I was actually in the room at the same party when they met. So I guess it has a little bit to do with me. Not that it, I was the cause, but one of those things. But, you know, in the sense of does it have anything to do with me? Does Should I have any sort of strong emotion about this other than happiness for them? No. And yet I'm going to cross-analyze everything and convince myself that I'm an utter failure because I am not engaged myself and I have no prospects and dating has been actual hell for me as of late. But this got me thinking about why or how it can be hard to be happy for other people. Even your closest friends, when something really amazing happens to them, they met a new guy and they have plans to go to his Hamptons house this summer, something like that. Just like something that doesn't really involve you at all, but they're happy and you know you should be happy for them. Why do feelings of hatred in a way, or I guess not hatred, that's a really strong word, but just resentment or annoyance bubble up in us? Why do we get annoyed over these things? Is it fear that we're going to lose them as a friend, fear that we won't have as much time with them or proximity to them because they're going to choose this other person over us? Or does their success or happiness kind of in our minds become this flaw in us, this way that we are lacking because we don't have that or something that we crave that we just we can't find? It feels like we're coming up empty. It feels like their success is our failure when it truly is the opposite because I've said this before in a work sense, if you or I often have this issue where I look at other people on social media, I compare myself, I compare my content, I compare my success level and how long I've been doing this and yet how this person can start in a day and shoot up to a million followers in a month. And, you know, there's just all this stuff where in the influencer industry specifically, I think a lot of times they pin us against each other on purpose. Like it's, or not on purpose, but it just ends up being one of those industries that you're really, really comparing yourself ruthlessly from the get-go and it feels like you'll never stop. So with that, I constantly remind myself, I was talking to my trainer this morning about this, about how their success is not my failure in the influencer world. And a lot of people can apply this to their work because if someone else in your industry, in your work industry specifically, is succeeding 
that just means that businesses will pump more money into the industry. People will give it more of a time of day and respect it more and believe in it more. So I don't know. Other people succeeding at what I do, and maybe I don't feel as though I am really succeeding in the moment, it is good in the long run because it fuels what you are doing. Other people succeeding means that you have more of a shot and it really does help. It You shouldn't see everyone as your competition. I think it's a survival instinct to constantly be sizing up other people and think of everyone else as your competition and think of those girls who are getting engaged before you as your competition and as something that you should try to beat. Kind of like a Bride Wars situation. Love that movie. But it's one of those things where you can't see everybody as your competition. And when you see on your feed a bunch of people getting engaged, don't let it bother you so much. That's what I try to tell myself because it will happen when it's meant to. And it'd be worse for me to be engaged to some random guy that I don't like right now than waiting it out for the right person, right? Like it'd be pretty sucky to knowingly go into an arrangement where I'm not happy and have to turn down a proposal or cancel a wedding before it happens. Like there's just a lot of drama that could happen if I forced something that wasn't supposed to be, okay? Like if I had gone through with officially dating this guy that just proposed to his girlfriend that I was seeing in college from high school, that would have been a nightmare because I would not have been happy and he did the whole proposal in Paris in front of the Eiffel Tower and imagine how bad that would have been if I had to say no to that. So like, you know, it's just, it's a lot of comparison. But as we say, constantly comparison is the thief of joy, ladies and gentlemen. It truly, truly is. So anyway, that was just a little thought I wanted to share from the weekend because I feel like it probably was pretty relatable for some people out there. So that's what we're working on. And we're also, okay, another thought, last little thought, little tidbit from that, something I'm working on to fight the whole comparison situation and the envy because let's be real, envy is not sexy. I'm trying to do it a lot less. I'm trying to just stay in my own lane and be happy where I am. So something that I am focusing on is I focus on the things that I do have, okay? If I feel I'm comparing myself to someone like my friend Nitch who's engaged and has a ring on her finger and has someone she's living with and a dog and like all this stuff that I feel like she has her shit together on, if I focus on all those things that she has that I don't, it's just gonna make me spiral and be sad. Like it's gonna make me feel horrible. So I practice being happy for her, feeling happy for her, but also focusing a little bit less on the things that she has that I don't and focusing, kind of turning inward and focusing more on the things that I have that are great that she might not have, okay? I think this works for a lot of things. Like if you're jealous of someone in your career or like in your industry or a friend of yours that has a sick job or a sick apartment or just really anything that you're jealous of, and just the the way to fight it, the way to process it, I feel, is to remind yourself of all the good that you do have in your life. And I actually just made these Patreon wallpapers. If you guys follow my Patreon, I made some new wallpapers for June. And the quote on it is, when you focus on the good, the good will get better. I love this idea of just kind of focusing on what you want to grow and what you want to be at the forefront of your consciousness and what you think about. Just focus on those things and everything else will just fade into the background and become this blurry thing that you don't even see. So with that, I focus a little bit less on those things I don't have, more on the things that I do have that she might not have. So if a friend of mine or literally anyone is engaged, okay, 
how exciting and fun for them. But think about now all of the decisions in their life they have to run by this other person. Or I guess not all of them, let's be real. Like it, it definitely is one of those things where it's a spectrum of like what things you have to run by your significant other and which things you don't. But with like a wedding, with planning a wedding – I hope to God my future husband like doesn't really care much about wedding planning and lets me take the whole thing by storm. But there's certain things where you have to run it by your husband. Like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I'm living my life out here right now, not having to run a single thing by anyone else. I'm just living my life and I get to make my own decisions and things are going to happen quicker because if I want to paint a wall red, I can do that and not have to consult anyone. So that is a great thing. That is something I remind myself. I can also just take a spontaneous trip whenever and I don't have a significant other and a dog to think of. Like I have to tell them what's going on. Like there is freedom in being single. There is great things in being single. Like I can go on a date with a different guy every single day of the week. Like not that I would want to do that, but I can do that. I can prioritize my friends. I can just, I can do a lot of things that I won't be able to do once I have someone in my life or I might be able to, but it's not a guarantee. And it's something that has to involve a lot of communication, which I don't have to do right now. The communication is simple in my head of like, do I want to do this or do I not want to do this? So anyway, that is a good coping mechanism for the comparison thing is just focusing on those things that you do have that are so, so great and empowering and that the people that you are jealous of do not have. Okay. And I don't know if that's the way to do it, but that's how I do it. Anyway, let's conclude the episode with some interesting Reddit shower thoughts, okay? Like I said, this is the shower thoughts thread in Reddit. I just cannot wait to read these because you're going to die. So these are essentially thoughts that one would have in the shower or just like interesting, like high thoughts, okay? Like that's another thing. Like if you're high, which I don't do that, but if you do, that is kind of what happens when you get high. I've, I've been high before, but I just don't enjoy it. So these are like just the random high shower thoughts, like thoughts you have when you're not really thinking about anything and they just pop in your head. So someone said, if two married people cheated in public with their wedding rings on, no one would question anything. That was an interesting – so basically like two people are married to two people that they aren't here at this bar with. They are cheating, but they have their wedding rings on, so it looks like just like a married couple canoodling. I'm now wondering how many of these secret rendezvous I have witnessed in my life and just assumed that people were married. Like you don't, you never know. You don't know. And now I'm going to think of that every time I see two people with wedding rings on in public. Okay, another one I'm going to read. I actually posted this on my Instagram story because I was so floored by it. Most species bear their teeth as a threat, so show their teeth because they're growling or menacing. Humans bear their teeth as a sign of friendliness. And I guess some dogs kind of bear their teeth out of friendliness, but honestly, like who's ever – Ask them if that's what they're doing. Like, honestly, some some dogs scare me when they have their teeth out because they're really sharp. I love dogs. But it's interesting how humans are like a smile. Like, who decided that smiles indicated happiness? What is happiness even like in terms of a facial expression, like crinkling up your eyes? And I don't know why happiness or that, that sort of the teeth bearing really does signal happiness and makes you feel like someone is open and kind. Like, where did that start? It's interesting. Okay, another one that's kind of appearance related. We put foundation on our skin to cover up redness, but then add blush 
to add redness. So you cover it up with foundation concealer, then you add the blush on top. It's so interesting. I mean, I've never thought about it that way, but it is true. You're kind of just erasing, but then adding strategically. Because for me, I get red in all the places I don't want to get red, like around my nose, on my chin, on my forehead. So the cheeks are actually one place where I don't really get much redness and I want redness, if that makes sense. So that's an interesting one too. Okay. Another one. If every person on the earth shaved their head, it would save tens of liters of water every day that would have otherwise been consumed by washing their hair. I think it must be more than that, but it does make you think maybe later on in humankind, they'll have to all shave their heads because the earth is actually going to die if they don't. They need to save water, save energy, save resources. Anyway. Okay. Another one that I'm going to read two more. Birth certificates are human receipts. And this made me laugh out loud. Like, also, I don't even know where my birth certificate is. My parents have it somewhere. And I find that to be concerning. I feel like I should have it here, but also I don't trust myself. Is that like the last little remnant of like, I need my parents to safeguard things? Like they still have my birth certificate. And I actually, I checked with my friends the other day to see like, if they think it's normal that my parents have my birth certificate and everyone's parents has theirs still. And social security card. I feel like I should have those things here. But okay, anyway, that's like a whole tangent in another direction. But it is interesting. Birth certificates are human receipts. Like this person was created on this day and this person has them. Anyway, last thing that I'm going to read that really just made me laugh. House pets who have never been outside must think summers are cold and winters are warm because of air conditioning and heating. And that one really got me because I I had to think about it for a second. I'm like, wait, so when it's hot outside, yeah, you're right. We blast the air conditioning inside. And then when it's cold outside, we put the heat on. But I don't know, maybe to them, they just have this constant temperature that they're feeling. Because I feel like at least at my home in Maryland, my dad keeps it very consistent, even summer or winter. It's just like 69 degrees. I feel like that's what we usually have it on. But I guess also if these animals have literally never been outside, I guess the only times like, you know, dogs that are outside that go for walks and stuff, but cats, like indoor cats that don't know what the outdoors are like, like what goes through their head? What do they think? What do they see out the window? What do they think? Anyway, reminds me of that like animated movie I watched with like a kid I babysat, like The Secret Life of Pets or something. Anywho, that is it for my little Reddit synopsis, things that I saw on Reddit this week. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope you got some food for thought. This episode has been really all over the place. I promise next week is going to be a little bit more consistent, like one theme, but I had a lot of just like random stuff to share that I just hodgepodged into this episode. So I hope you guys all enjoyed um, and are feeling like you can take control of your envy because envy is not sexy and uh, I'm right there with you. So Hope you all are doing well, and I will talk to you guys next Thursday. Bye. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.